God's people with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about singing God's people simply because on the 19th of January, 2019, they're preaching the regular gospel that we know of the gospel of the kingdom in present truth that we thought we were to the Maasai Tribal Church in Transmara, Kenya, Africa. Coming out of that morning service after about a four-hour service, a little, a little tired preaching, and about two, a little after two o'clock in the afternoon. After coming out of that church, then going, I was going across the street, headed to the vehicle, and going back to the hotel there to get some rest. And the Holy Ghost literally almost slayed me as I was crossing the road, almost got hit by a car. Uh, because it was just boom and the Holy Ghost power hit me so strong that I kind of uh, weaved a little bit and staggered and uh, uh, the people coming out of the church yelled at me, Apostle, be careful. Well, then I said, Lord, help me. And I kind of waited there and let the cars pass by. Then I went across the street and it hit again. And right in front of the vehicle, I could not walk to the vehicle. I couldn't get in it. And uh, just literally in the Holy Ghost. And this went on for about two hours. So we saw many things. Uh, We saw the nations covered with blood. And it literally covered the whole earth. And as there, I kept asking. And as we were seeking the Lord. And uh, there in obedience to God, our mind upon him, I heard the voice of the Lord speak, saying, seal my people by my word. As I am sending the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. I was flabbergasted because I know that we're in the last of the last days. We all believe that. We see the signs of the times in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. We all know that. Anybody that's got uh, a one and a half cents in uh, the events uh, internationally, globally, know that we're in the time of the end. But to know that we're in the last of the last days was shocking. That God is sealing his people now. And this is not something... Uh, to be taken lightly because it's only through the word and the revelation of Jesus Christ that we're sealed. It's not keeping some natural Sabbath. It's not just, uh, well, I went to church and I paid tithes and fasted twice a week and give uh, tithes of all that I possessed. It's not a thing of our, our righteousness or our holiness that we do this, but the righteousness of God by faith And it literally brings us to holiness through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to each of us, whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, through this word of God, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature. That's holiness. It's not a dress code. It's far greater. It's the Holy Ghost the grace upon our hearts and its outward reflection in life, men seeing our good works and glorifying, glorifying our Father which is in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, at that time we came back. Of course, we've had the coronavirus, COVID-19, 
And now we've got variants and mutations and the Delta variant, and et cetera, it just keeps going on. Well, evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse, and we see the signs of the times progressing because Jesus stated Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. He said, these are the beginning of sorrows. When we find kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, pestilence, plagues, and wars and rumors of wars. Well, this has been throughout the ages. We've seen these signs, and many a time that we said, well, uh, even with Hitler and World War II, well, this has got to be it. And some of you remember Gorbachev, and they said he, was, he has the mark of the beast, and, and on and on. But when we see the sealing, the last day sealing, which that sign is a change of raiment. It is those that are called by the name of Jesus. The whole body in heaven and in earth is called by that name, Jesus. Making one body, filling heaven and earth. Heaven's my throne. Earth is my footstool. And the body of Christ, the church, members in particular, there have a call upon each member that has to come into the unity of the faith, not some denomination. It's not going out and beating doors, going from door to door with a track in your hand saying, Know ye the Lord. It's not in word and tongue, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost and not in enticing words of man's wisdom. There have been beautiful messages preached, great orators, that were silver-tongued orators, just as Apollos was in the Word of God, the silver-tongued orator from Alexandria, Apollos, who would not travel with Paul. It was never, never a convenient season for him to do so. If he had, there's no telling what he would have accomplished, even though he was well-versed in the Old Testament Scriptures. Of course, Aquila and Priscilla pulled him aside and showed him the more perfect way which is that way in perfection, which is none other than Jesus Christ. So the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man is the present truth that God is sealing through his word. It's the seal by the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption, until we receive the promised possession the possession of that of the saints of god as the seed of abraham as a full inheritance that after we've done the will of god we have need of patience that will receive a full reward the work of the ministry is a strange work we read that and take it very lightly in ephesians 4 11 on and it said he gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Now, one way to really advance yourself in the Lord, which very few do, is believe the gospel and obey the commandments of God. And one is in Luke 12, sell that you have and give alms. Somebody said that's impossible. God required it back then, but doesn't now. 
No, what God said, he said it and meant what he said and said what he meant. In Luke 12, he said, sell that you have and give alms, offerings. Provide for yourselves treasures in the heavens, where moth and rust does not corrupt, and thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there's your heart also. What a man gives, for whatever the cause in his heart, that's where his heart is. If it be the earthly things of this world, we find that the grounds of a rich man brought forth plentifully. He was a good businessman. And he said, what shall I do? I have much goods. I know what I'll do. What most businessmen would do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. I may even become like an Amazon. I'll shoot packages all over the world. I'll pull down my barn and build greater. And then, say so, take thine ease. Thou hast much good stored up for many years. Eat, drink, and be merry. Well, it sounds like he knew and was blessed of God. Until we read, that night a voice from heaven cried, Thou fool, thy soul shall be required of thee. Now, the man didn't sin. He just didn't put his treasures in the Lord Jesus. His heart was in the world. Very successful. Millionaire. Billionaire. Who knows? But definitely had his retirement set up and well done to eat, drink, and be merry, have much good stored up for many years. Well, he had done what he thought was the great thing of man's life possesses in the things uh, consists of the things which he possesses. He said, I've got this all stored up. I've done a stock portfolio, investments, real estate, holdings. He's done a great job. But simply, didn't lie, cheat, steal, didn't say that. Simply, he was rich toward self and not rich toward God. And that voice from heaven that night, you know it's in the night visions. We have the four winds. That's going to blow up on the earth, hurt the, hurt the sea, the earth, the land, the earth, there, and the trees. We find this in Revelation 7. And the four winds blew, and to hurt, they were going to hurt the land, the seas, and the trees. And it says, the angel cried with a loud voice, hurt not the land, the seas, or the trees. Don't hurt the earth until we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. Now, not just somebody believes in God. The ones that are servants to God, that serve him in obedience. Those that, that not through the works of the law, which is our own righteousness, but the righteousness of God by faith. Now, we're told to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now, that was in the former reign. And we find that in Acts, the second chapter, beginning of the church age. We had Jesus there, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he was glorified, went back to the Father, glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. 
now all power in heaven and earth given unto Jesus, and he has now received that Holy Ghost which he has now sent unto you. The Lord Jesus is that Spirit. But where we fail many times is we don't understand the will of God. The will of God from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. One family, the family of God, called by the name of Jesus, bought with a price, called by his name. That's Ephesians 1. And that work that he does is a work in judgment. All God's ways are judgment. We have this concept that simply because we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and many call it just the Holy Spirit, we call it the Holy Ghost simply because the Word of God calls it the Holy Ghost. Because the Ghost is the Spirit of a person. It gives honor to Jesus in shedding of his blood. Ghost. That is, Jesus said, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Because he was not yet glorified. Well, he laid aside his glory to come into the earth. He came into the world to die, be buried, rise again, fulfill the law, take the ordinances of that law, nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition that parted God from man, Jesus doing it in his own body of flesh. Even though he is God, he had made himself of no reputation, of literally set aside his glory and a self-imposed limitation to work salvation as a man. But then after doing so and fulfilling the law in every aspect, then as a free will offering, as just our perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God did, he said, I laid down my life. I freely lay it down. I have power to lay it down. I have power to receive it again. This I've received of my father. Somebody said, well, if he is the father, why did he pray to the father? Because he's fulfilling his own law by his own human. That servant is that man. It's a servant that God has chosen. It sounds like there's two. To the way of a natural man, there would be two. Because if God sent forth his son, we think, well, it couldn't be God because if you send someone out, it has to be someone out away from you. You sent them. But what we don't realize is that God sent his word. The word is God. As has been God and always will be God. The word is the expression office of the spirit. And Jesus is the express, not express stuff the express image of God. He is the Father revealed. And he's always been the Father, even in the days of his flesh, even when he had made himself of no reputation. Because he said, I and my Father are one. We're one in the self-same spirit. We are that two, we have two different offices. He said, we. We, my Father, is greater than I. It sounds like there's two. 
And whenever, even when Jesus raises from the dead, Mary's there and he said, touch me not because I go to my father and your father and my God and your God, for I have not yet been glorified. Oh, wait a minute. He's going to him. Yes, he came from him. He's the same spirit that proceeded, but made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as, as a man, he humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him, the man, Christ Jesus. Well, somebody said, well, if he is the father, why didn't he pray the father? Because he made himself of no reputation to work salvation as a man. It's God's own arm. Because God had to have a man. A man, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin, that is Adam. Therefore, by one man shall my servant, that servant, make many righteous. As the offenses of one man, so also is the free gift of one man. A man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. So the devil thought, I've got this. There's no way that God can work salvation because he is spirit. He can't die. He can't shed blood. He can't fulfill the law because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem it back. And God is spirit and can't be tempted and has no blood. But what he did not realize, that God would provide himself a sacrifice. Himself. God himself. And that's why you find in that first proto-evangel He's coming into this earth, God with us, Emmanuel, which is the Lord, which is Christ the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, in the city of David through a virgin. And we see that in Isaiah 7, 14. He has asked you a sign, ask it in the heaven above or the earth beneath. Now I'm going to ask the Lord a sign, neither will I tempt the Lord my God. I'll give you a sign, God said. A virgin shall conceive. A virgin shall conceive, not with that seed of an Adam, not a seed of a man, but a seed of a woman. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Butter and honey shall he eat, a man, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. He will grow up as a tender plant before the Lord. To whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? God's revealing that great revelation now that the Trinity doctrine is wrong. The binary doctrine of Tunis is wrong. The oneness doctrine is incorrect. There's only one correct doctrine. It's a Jesus-only doctrine. And you won't find it hardly anywhere. Oh, my Lord, somebody said, well, God's always had a people, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. But it is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and because that we have, through iniquity, literally departed from the Lord our God, he said, I'll do a work in the last days. I'll do a work, a strange work, and I'll bring to pass my act, my strange act, and I will give you the real revelation of who I am that all may know me, know me from the least to the greatest, God said. 
because when judgment is in the earth, men will learn righteousness. Righteousness is he's God, always has been God. He is the Father of glory. He is the Word, the Holy Ghost. He's the El Shaddai. He's the Elohim. He is the Tetragrammaton. He's the Yod Waha. He's Yahweh. He's Jehovah. He's Jehovah. He's God. He is that spirit. <laughs> always has been that spirit. But we have left our first love. And because we have went out of the way and teach him for commandments, the commandments of man for the doctrine of God, that the Lord will do a work. And one more opportunity for him to be revealed to all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. He's doing it now. And that revelation of Jesus Christ is the last book in your Bible. And you will not be pre-tribulation raptured out of here. You will see that work of the ministry. Even to the end of the world, amen. He said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. And I'm with you even until the end of the world. Not seven years before the end of the world, with you till the end of the world. Amen. Matthew 28, 19. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost are separate offices of the one Spirit. The Father's administrative office of the one Spirit. The Word is the expression office of that same Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same Spirit. There's only one Spirit there. Regardless if you call him Father, Word, Holy Ghost, it's still the same Spirit. Well, what's the name? The name's revealed. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he's the one that will save his people from their sins. And it literally means Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Junior. Not God Junior. Not a second person of the Godhead. But God himself will save his people. Jehovah is my salvation. Not Jehovah, something less than Jehovah. Jehovah is my salvation. So he's going to do this in the revelation of Jesus Christ, and he's going to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. These things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. Somebody said, well, it doesn't make any difference if we believe there's three or two or, or a oneness doctrine. I mean, unless we confess that Jesus Christ, the man, is the Father of glory and have that revelation and be established in the doctrine of Christ, having that doctrine of Christ, then we're not in God. You see, Second John 9, if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. There's only one doctrine of Christ. That doctrine is Jesus, who is the Christ, the Hamashiach, the Messiah, the Christos. He it is that is our Savior. He is that servant. He is the arm of the Lord that was manifest, God in flesh. And we find that mystery without controversy. Great is that mystery. It's a mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16, God, God himself, was manifest in the flesh. Not manifested, manifest. It means a manifesto. Exactly what God is. If we want to see a ship's cargo, we say, let us see your manifest. Well, God has a manifest. 
Where is it? It's in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. <laughs> he came from God. He is that spirit. He proceeded from the Father. He came into the world. Well, it wouldn't be the same office. Father's the invisible spirit. Well, we have to have a different office. Well, what are we going to call it? The Son of God. Not God the Son. The Son of God. Somebody said, well, why are you, why are you talking about that, about the ceiling? Because it's in the ceiling, for Christ is the ceiling. The Word of God. The Father of glory. He is the Holy Ghost. Christ is every office of the Spirit. Many different offices, but only one Spirit. And it's all Christ. Christ is all and in all. There is nothing else. Christ is all that God is, was, or ever will be. That's the doctrine of Christ. And it's a mystery. And God hid it. That only the pure in heart would see God. Well, we find a little bit of written about it that Paul and all the apostles, John, wrote, giving us insight only through the Holy Ghost. Because no man knoweth the Son but the Father. No man knoweth the Father but the Son. And to whomsoever he will reveal him. Has to be revealed. Well, Jesus, who is that word, was uh, with God. He is God, was God, is God, and is to come God. He's the word. He is. The word is God. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Well, God, in his thought, plan, purpose, and will, was with him. And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Bereshit, Barah, Elohim, Eight, Aloftov. Hashemayim, Bayat, Hayerts. Well, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. How did he do it? Jesus Christ did it. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says, Jesus Christ created all things, whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible. All things were created by him, for him, and for his good pleasure. Well, how did God do it? He did it by himself. But God said, and God said, and the word went out and created. Same spirit. Well, the Word is the Spirit of God expressed. The express image of God. It is God's thought, play it, purpose, and, and the whole, everything that God is revealed. The express image of God. And the Holy Ghost is that power office of God. So there's a mystery. It is a mystery. And it's only revealed to those of a pure heart. In the day you search for me and seek for me with all your heart is the day you'll find me, the prophets tell us. Well, in Colossians 2, it's a mystery to the full understanding of the acknowledgement, the acknowledgement of the mystery. The mystery, it's a mystery. The mystery of God 
and of the Father and of Christ, which is one and the same. But it's a mystery there. There's three various offices, but Christ is all the offices of God. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the Holy Ghost in you, which is Jesus in you, which is the Father in you. Somebody said, well, I didn't know it was the Father in me. Well, Ephesians 4 says it is. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. Father's a spirit. Well, it's a mystery. The full acknowledgement. He wants us to know the full acknowledgement and assurance of that mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Colossians 2, verse 1, but watch it. Next verse. In him, one singular, in him, singular personal pronoun, are hid all treasures. Everything God is in the treasures of God. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Well, one of my people perish for lack of knowledge. Where is it? It's in him. There's a mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. And people study it. A workman that, that studies show thyself approved on the God of workmen that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God, the word of truth. Well, they think divided means, well, I, I go to seminary and uh, there's a professor, a doctor of divinity, whatever the case, and he tells me what part of the Bible I, I keep and what part I just tear out and throw away. And I, buy, I divide it. No, it's dividing the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, rightly dividing asunder the soul, the Spirit from the soul. Only the Word of God can do that because you are a body, soul, and spirit, the body of flesh and blood. Then you have a rational soul, mind, will, emotions, imagination, and intellect, what you learn with the intellect, your volition, what your will is. And then you have a human spirit of communion, conscience, and intuition. And that conscience and communion and intuition is so close to your soul. There are sometimes when something spoke to you from the Holy Ghost, you say, well, is that me or was that the Spirit of God? Is that the Lord leading me? Was that me? Well, the Holy Ghost bearing you witness, your conscience bearing witness with the Holy Ghost that you are in that will of God, the Spirit of God bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Then it takes a growth to do that. You don't just, not a novice, but unless by being lifted up in pride, you fall into condemnation of the devil. One of the worst things to do is a new convert goes out there and grabs a pulpit and starts preaching because he gets lifted up in pride, and pride is the effect of all fall. Pride goes before a fall and haughtiness before destruction. And to grow up into him in all things, then we have to subject ourselves one to another in the fear of God. And he will give us apostles. He gave some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, growing up into him in all things for the work of the ministry. And that's what he's doing now preparing for the work of the ministry, this gospel of the kingdom, being preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. 
And that fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus is in the unity of the faith to the edifying of the body of itself in love, in the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge of the Son of God is not gnosko, just knowing him after the Spirit. It is epigonosko, a higher knowledge of Jesus in the full measure. How, how high in Jesus? Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God expects us all to be full grown, growing up in him in all things, all faith. Faith is the substance of things. Then we know all things. And you know all things, and you know all truth, and know the lies of the truth. So Christ is what the devil will attack in the latter days, in the last days, as an anti-Christ. Why? Because the Christ is every office of the Spirit, and it is the foundation for the church. Thou art the Christ. The son of the living God, Peter said, Matthew 17. Thou art Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Well, what is that rock? That rock is Christ. You can't add to it. Can't take away from it. We can't put our own spin on it and be saying, well, God's love and he's going to accept us even though we missed the mark. We have to have the revelation of Jesus Christ. He is, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living gods. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee. It can't be revealed by flesh and blood. No man can call Jesus Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, except by the Holy Ghost. Thou art Peter, you Peter, Petros, a piece of this rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God's always had a people. Now, true that we have gone. It will be a great falling away in the last, in the latter days. The spirit speaketh expressly about that. First Timothy 4.1, the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. They were in it, but they departed from it. Given heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The conscience in the, is in the human spirit of man. Not only are they making havoc and wrecking and, and making shipwreck, but their conscience now is seared over with a hot iron. They have no conscience whatsoever of good and evil. Calling evil good and good evil. And thinking that you're justified in doing so. Not only have pleasure in these things, that will bring upon themselves swift destruction. And it's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Repentance is check, do a change and obey the word of God. Not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Let there, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things, the things of faith that I tell you. 
Well, it's Christ. Christ is the ceiling. There is no other ceiling than by Christ, in Christ, and through him. Christ is that Holy Ghost. You're sealed by that Holy Ghost to the day of redemption until we receive the promise of that possession. After, you get, after that, you have heard the word of truth. You were sealed. That means not just hearing it, but hearing and obeying it. Then you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of uh, promise. The Holy Ghost, Christ. Well, Christ in you is the hope of glory. There is no other hope. If the Spirit dwelled in you, if it dwells in you, that also dwelled in Christ Jesus, the man. Then it shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, which is the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, the Spirit of the Son, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, then if he has not that Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So we have to abide in that doctrine of Christ, which is our sealing. Seal the servants of our God in their forehead. Those are the ones that have attained unto the mind of Christ, having their what? Not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of their mind. It's the mind of Christ. And Christ is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. And we find that, that we have an unction from the Holy One, 1 John 2.20. You have no need that any man teach you because it's going to be taught by the Holy Ghost. In other words, a man can get up there with an anointing, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And until the person not abides in the letter and they can preach the word of God all day, all night, and do it every night for a year, but until the Holy Ghost gives the revelation of that word, the letter, to that believer, then it becomes life. The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth the life. And that Spirit is Christ. It's the doctrine of Christ. And that gospel of Christ. It's the gospel of God, because Christ is God. But Christ, it behooved Christ to suffer. Well, that's God. Yes, it is. It does it behoove Christ to suffer and die. Death, burial, and resurrection. And rise again and enter into his glory. One of the self saying, God literally made himself a body of flesh and blood. One and the same. God's own arm of flesh brought salvation to himself. God was in Christ or Christ was in Christ, reconciling the world to Christ. And we see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets all prophesied, searched diligently into the grace that should come unto each of us by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That Christ is that Spirit. It wasn't Moses. It wasn't Samuel, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14, mighty prophets to, to Malachi. It was the Spirit of Christ through them. And when it spoke, signified beforehand, 
testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Oh, my goodness. And this grace comes to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ because grace reigns through righteousness. And righteousness is that Jesus, he is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is that spirit. And there we have 1 John 5, verse 1, whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ, God, who was manifest, walked in the earth, died, buried, rose again, went back to where he was before, is born of God. Revelation required? Of course it is. We have to know it. Not an enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. So if whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And at 1 John 2, 20, you have an unction from the Holy One. Not a oneness doctrine, not a binary tunis, not, you know, the Lord said to my Lord. There's a revelation there. There's only one Lord. We see that in one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. But it has to be revealed. And somebody said, well, it doesn't make sense in the natural. No, it doesn't. Not in the natural, but it does in the spiritual. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. Now, Jesus, he is that Holy One. And not a Holy Trinity, the Holy One of Israel. We find it in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the Lord Jehovah, the Tetragrammaton, the invisible Spirit of God, the Father, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, self-existent and eternal one. Thus saith the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen. Well, that certainly sounds like two. You've chosen him, the servant that I have chosen, that you may know, believe me, and understand. It takes the understanding from God, not from a denominational doctrines and dogmas and apologetics of a denomination. It takes the revelation of Jesus given to you by his spirit, Christ in you. And that spirit gives his life. Thus saith the Lord and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, believe God, and understand that I am he. The Father is that servant. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty is that servant. And he goes on and explains, before me, there was no God formed. Neither shall be after me. You mean God formed himself? Yes. You find it Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Jesus, who being in the form of God, morpha spirit, for God is a spirit. Jesus, being in the form of God, thought not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He laid aside his glory. It's not going to work his spirit. Why? Because he's going to work as a man. Well, how is he going to do that? Well, he puts a self-imposed limitation upon himself as spirit and takes upon him another form. He does not cease and desist from being in the form of God. He just makes it of no reputation, lays it aside, 
makes it latent, makes himself of no reputation. A self-imposed limitation upon himself that only God can do. And took upon him the form of a servant. Who is that servant? God said, you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. That servant whom I have chosen is God Almighty, the Lord Jehovah. Took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, humble himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, given him a name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. He went to the glory of the Father. Jesus said in John 2, destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. What? No man can raise up his own body except he be God. That's exactly what Jesus did. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God, thy Savior. I am the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. There's a Jesus-only doctrine. And many of those in Trinity, binary, two-ness, or oneness will come out and see the true Jesus. God's letting the word go now, and it's going all over the nations right now. He's sealing his people by that revelation of Christ. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's your sealing. Sealed by the Holy Ghost. What? That after you have received that word of truth, you're going to receive it. And after you've heard the word of truth and received it, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of redemption, that Holy Spirit of, of promise, that Holy Spirit that's going to bring justification, sanctification, and ultimate glorification. God himself working in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. If you have not taken our series on Christ, because Christ is your sealing and God's doing it now. If any man bide not in that doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. What is Christ? Christ is God. But it behooved Christ to suffer, die, bury, rise again, and enter into his glory. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in all the world in his name. And the gospel of Luke ends. And it picks up with Luke writing the book of Acts and Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, promise of you and your children, means far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call it. You become little uh, newborn babes then. You grow to little children, knowing that He is the Father. Then you go to young men. The Word of God is strong in you. You've done the will of God. You're an overcomer. Overcome the wicked one. You finally go to the ultimate, full-grown fathers, because you've known Him as from the beginning and receive the seal in Revelation 7, which that seal is none other than Christ. And it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave it to him to show unto us servants the things that must surely come to pass. He sent signified it by his angel and John. He's doing the sealing now. We'd love to hear from you. The Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit. We'd love to hear from you. God is gathering his body in one right now, which is the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world, that he'd gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. Well, let us hear from you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, 
Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or drop us a message on any of the websites, sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com, dennisbeard.org. We'd love to hear from you. Many of you ministers all over the world are, are contacting us. Do you have questions? Please ask them. We'll do our best to answer them. We are literally servants for you, to you, for the work of the ministry. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.